Building a successful law firm is great, but what is the motivation behind it? Sometimes building a brand is as simple as understanding what you really care about and folding that into your business. And what do you want your life to look like? You're listening to Personal Injury Mastermind, where we give you the tools you need to take your personal injury practice to the next level. The Case Barnett firm takes caring for their clients to a whole new level. Their chief operating officer, Nicole Barnett, is also a certified integrative health practitioner who helps clients wherever she can. She is also the driving force behind the eight-figure growth she has enjoyed with her husband and co-founder, Case. We get into letting go of fear and hiring for growth, how they finance cases in the early days, having complete faith in yourself, her recently launched done-for-you content membership, Law Profit, and how business models should influence your firm's strategy. I'm your host, Chris Dreyer, founder and CEO of Rankings.io. We help elite personal injury attorneys dominate first-page rankings with search engine optimization. Being at the forefront of marketing is all about understanding people. So let's get to know our guest. Here's Nicole Barnett, co-founder and COO of Case Barnett Law. I always say pursue that which is you. And I live that mantra. And I think that it's probably the number one reason for my success. I was an art major, studied graphic design, visual communications, photography, fine art major, got out of college, lived abroad. I lived in Europe, Japan, and then I graduated and essentially ended up right back in grad school to get my teaching credential. (laughs) And everyone's like, why didn't you just study that instead of doing art and then going back to school? And I was like, I wanted to do art. So went to grad school, worked at a finance firm to pay for grad school, and then started teaching fourth grade. And I met my husband. We were set up on a blind date when I was teaching and he was a lawyer. So coming from an art background, I was like, "Mm, I don't think I could date a lawyer. Like we're so different. And um, he is the reason I ended up in legal. We started collaborating, not on, you know, even business building, but I was using art in trial with him and we had so much fun. It snowballed from there. He's a trial guy. Like he doesn't do the business stuff. He doesn't care about marketing. So I just kind of got my hands in and I ended up building our firm that way. You guys, you've built an eight-figure firm from the ground up and you are the ops person. So typically when we do like these personality assessments, DISC and predictive index and things like that, the creatives don't lend themselves like don't do the ops and the processes. But, you know, I've heard that you love the processes. Have you ever done the the DISC personality assessments? Do you know, (laughs) have you done those? I think my main thing is I'm a visionary, but I think that's why it's so important that I pursued all of those interests of mine because my skill set, I mean, when I was teaching, that was the birthplace of systems and procedures for me. It was like, I am overseeing a machine, right? I've got 35 kids. I have all the parents. I have all the topics, the subjects we're covering. And I would spend the first three weeks of every school year training my team, my students, you know, training them on my procedures and then implementing them. And it's like that experience showed me my love for systems. And even when I was in graduate school working at that finance firm, I was hired as a secretary right out of college. And 
my boss was making so much money and he had no idea of his pipeline. He wasn't tracking anything. And so I just kind of created a role for myself. I think it naturally came to me when people talk about that 1%, those crazy people who are like so aggressively pursuing things. That's me. Like I am just constantly needing to build and create and I love learning and I love different things. That's incredible. And what we refer to that in the hiring space is the unicorn that we're all looking to hire, those that can do everything. I kind of want to break this down. And many of the personal injury attorneys listening, you know, they're trying to grow their firm. They're trying to hit this, this big milestone, this eight-figure milestone. You know, so are there some key moments that you can think of that really helped you to get to that level? I think the reason we're so successful is my skill set, right? That very specific skill set that I have. And then my husband's skill set. He was a public defender. I mean, he got thrown in. I think he was working at the PD's office for five days and he did his first trial. He put in the time to learn how to litigate a case, how to go to trial. He now has 18 years of trial experience. When we started our firm, we were very much kind of allowing things to happen organically. We saw it as a long-term plan. Of course, you want success, but I think so many people want to kind of skip the things that need to happen. And it takes time. And it, and those skill sets, I mean, learning trial as a PD was huge, but also building a network of professionals and other attorneys, that is the most valuable thing I think for my husband that came out of that experience. And it's kind of a combination of things that lead to your success. But I think having a solid skill set and then also finding a partner, like, you know, my husband just wants to do trials. If you know you aren't going to do marketing or you're not going to manage your team, you have to then hire out those people. And I think that was a huge milestone for us. It's scary when you're a hundred percent contingency fee to spend money. Like the first few years, you aren't making money. Cases take, you know, 12, 18, 24 months to close out. And I remember getting to the moment of feeling like so scared to invest in people and, you know, overhead. And once you release that and start spending money, it takes money to make money. You have to trust that you're investing. They're not just expenses. You're investing, paying for good people to be on your team, paying experts to do their thing. I think that's huge. And it seems obvious, but I think so many attorneys wear too many hats. And that's where I think knowing your numbers, having your pipeline, understanding how to project when things are going to close allows you to kind of make those choices in an informed manner where you could say, all right, look, it's always a risk in a PI firm. PI lawyers are notoriously, they're risk takers, right? They are brave and what they do is it requires some courageousness. So you have to also take that into all areas of the business. Nicole explains how they financed their cases early on. We went all in. We sold our house. We took all of the money from that, rented a house, invested in the law firm. And that was combined with case. My husband did a, a civil trial. So he was still doing criminal because of his trial experience. An insurance defense firm had these two cases on the side. They brought it to my husband and they're like, you're a trial guy. Will you do this? And so he would fall asleep with these like brain injury textbooks on his face. And he took both of those cases to trial, his first two civil trials. One, we got a verdict of 4.3 and one was 3.8 million. And so we didn't get to keep that whole fee because someone referred it to us. There were all these people involved that had messed the case up, but we got enough 
when we sold our house, we took both of those settlement attorney's fees and we started the law firm. If you want to do it right, you do have to have money, right? You have to fund the cases while you're not making money. What a belief in yourself and yourselves. And it's the epitome of like burn the ships behind you or whatever that yeah. saying is, right? Like going and we all had in. a one-year-old and I had just gotten pregnant with our second kid also. What so. what an incredible, <laughs> wow, congrats. That's amazing. Yeah. Uh, just such belief. Your firm is focused. This is a kind of a different phrase and I kind of just wanted you to break it down. You call it holistic lawyering. So what is that? What role does that play? in your firm? Yes. Going just back to who we are, using our unique life experiences and letting those things inform the way that we practice law. With holistic lawyering, you know, we're low volume. My dream is to have 10 new cases a year. We take catastrophic injury cases. So we are dealing with people who are, their lives will never be the same physically, emotionally, mentally. So I actually had some personal experiences. My son had some health issues. I got into holistic healing. And then I actually got COVID two weeks before the pandemic started. We thought I was going to die. I was bedridden for five months, sick for 18 months. No one could help me. Western Med was like, you know, we don't know. They thought I had like cancer or something. It couldn't be COVID. Well, it turns out there's this thing called long COVID. That is a very real thing. So during that process, I enrolled in a program to become an integrative health practitioner certified. I did it from bed. I was really sick and I healed myself. And as I was learning, I was thinking this could help people with brain injuries. This could help people who are in wheelchairs. And so we really tried to start incorporating that into how we lawyer. We want to help people mentally, emotionally, Yes, obviously we want their lawsuit to go well, but at the end of the day, I mean, the first six, seven years, it's like you give them this big check and you feel like, I don't know how much it does, right? It does help financially, but if there are all these other things that are still there that they haven't dealt with processing, it's not our job. We're not their therapist, but if I have that knowledge and I can just say, Hey, here's some different things that help with these physical symptoms, we're going to do it. But I guess what you're doing with the holistic approach and like actually caring about their health and physical well-being is like really caring. And I know you do that because because you do care. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like the epitome of of doing something without expecting anything in return. But I gotta imagine that more reviews, more referrals occur from that. Yeah, and it's I always feel like everyone overcomplicates marketing and building a brand, and it really is as simple as just listening to those things that you care about and and incorporating them in your business. And if you don't have things that you care about, I feel like you got to get out and live life. I mean, you have to figure out what you care about beyond work. It's such an American mindset to just be like work, 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 work. I've lived abroad. I've traveled to like 35 countries and it's always fascinating to me in America. The first thing people ask you is, what do you do for a living? And in other countries, it never comes up. And I think as an American, if you aren't kind of looking outside of work, it's very hard to build a powerful brand because in order to differentiate yourself, especially as an attorney, right? Everyone, it's so competitive. There's so many good lawyers and everyone's kind of saying the same thing and doing the same thing. And it's like, if you don't have something that makes you different, you can't build a brand. You just can't. I think that's such a great piece of advice. You have to have something compelling to use you versus someone else. So not only 
Have you done the, the medical pursued this license on your own when you're, when you're in the bed, you have these different experiences as a, as a teacher and, you know, the seat, you know, the director of operations for the firm, you decided it wasn't enough. You're like, Hey, let me do social media too. And so you kind of have a unique approach to social media. So let's talk about law profit. What makes law profit unique? So law profit, actually, I also launched from my bed when I had long COVID, but law profit is essentially a done for you content creation membership for lawyers in private practice. And I actually hadn't been posting on our firm's social media page for many years. We didn't need to. We did a lot of direct response marketing. We've never paid for advertising ever in nine years. And then when I was in bed and COVID and everyone was kind of on social media and I started kind of looking around at what everyone was doing, I was like, I'm going to start posting. And I started posting and like we started getting more referrals instantly from people who already have known us. And you would assume they know you and remember you, but they don't. And so I was like, okay, this is easy. All we have to do, it's like social media is our Rolodex, right? It has all of our, you know, friends, family, other attorneys, people. It's like essentially calling them every day and being like, hey, remember what I do? Send me that kind of case. I mean, it's that simple. So I started doing it and then I was sick. So I tried to hire people to help me. And I would hire a social media management company or like a marketing company. And it was horrendous because if you don't understand the legal space, if you haven't built a law firm, ran a law firm, sat through trials, sat in depositions, sat in intake meetings with clients who have been injured, it's very hard to create content for a lawyer. So I was like, okay, I'm just going to do this myself. Started doing it. Attorneys started calling us, who's doing your social media? Nicole is, oh, Nicole, can you help me? No, I can't help you. I have no time. So I kind of just said, well, I will. I remember this one attorney was like, I need a Nicole Barnett. Like he told my husband, you're so lucky. I need a Nicole. And I was like, well, I'll just make myself available to you in a membership form where I'm essentially delivering this content to you monthly. I think the most valuable part of my membership is that I've created a training portal for an attorney's assistance. Everything I do is a system. So it should take one or two hours a week. And the exact point is that maybe someone knows marketing, but they don't know the legal space. Or maybe they know the legal space, but they don't know marketing. Or maybe they don't know either one of those things. So It's giving them the actual content, the product, the graphic design, the pre-written captions, all of that. But then there's a training module where I'm literally teaching someone exactly how to do it. So it's teaching them marketing, which obviously if you're a lawyer and you have someone doing this, that goes far beyond social media because they're applying these things on your website. They're applying them in your email campaigns. It really is something that could become a full-time position once that person's trained as you're making more money. So I just kind of created it out of necessity, but also out of my passions and it solves a problem in the legal space. I mean, I tried so hard to get people to help me, not because I can't do it myself. I just didn't have time and I was sick, but um, it's crazy how hard it is for lawyers, which is why you see them trying to do it themselves and it just doesn't work and they shouldn't be spending right. their time doing it either. Right. And there's a couple things that you said that I think really, really need to highlight here is the first, the difference between like lead generation and direct response versus demand generation and creating demand. 
that's the key thing for social that I see is like, it's an awareness, right? You have these connections, you had these members and it's, you're bringing awareness back to yourself. And I think that's the challenge is it's so hard to, when you're looking at like attribution, it's really murky on the social yeah. side. And that's why if you're just looking like, Oh, on my Google analytics, I didn't get a goal conversion from Instagram. That's flawed. Right? That is very flawed. Yes. There are attorneys that are spending millions of dollars a year on social media and that's fine. But it's like, I think it goes back to knowing yourself and it's what kind of firm you want to create. And do you want to be an influencer who kind of does the high volume and then refers that out for a fee? Our model is literally the polar opposite of that. It's like, we want more high quality, less volume. If you're now in a wheelchair because you were in an accident and you have been paralyzed, you're probably going to go to people you already know and be like, do you know any attorneys? It's a very serious situation and you need to know, have a personal connection to someone you're being referred to. It's such a huge life decision. And so I think all of our really good cases are always referred to us either by past clients, current clients, other attorneys. That's how it works for us. And so I think there's a lot of noise in the legal space of what lawyers should be doing. And it drives me crazy because I feel like lawyers already have way too much on their plates and to be telling them to do these things that are impossible it makes me mad because it's not, it's not real and it's not true and it's not going to work. You know, it's funny. I just had this argument kind of not argument. I say friendly conversation with my director of marketing, because, you know, I get bombarded by the Grant Cardone's, the Gary Vaynerchuk's that's like telling you to post 30 times a day. So I'm like, Hey, you know, Randy, my director of marketing, he's listening. He's going to love this. I'm like, we need to post at least 20 times a day on Instagram. Not one. And he's like, no, we're not, you know, like, let me explain why. And I think it's so easy to be distracted by like Gary V and that, that's, that's, that's his thing. That's how he stood up and was different. And, and the legal vertical is so different than general interest and motivation and things like that. You can't compare that to other brands that are not lawyers. And even within the PI niche, you also have a lot of different ways to run a firm and a lot of different business models. And I actually created a product. It's called like build your legal brand and it's a bundle, but I have this hundred page workbook for lawyers to go through. And it's, it's like these exercises that are going to make you think and really think about what do you want to be doing with your life? I mean, building a successful law firm is great, but what is the motivation behind it and why, and what do you want your life to look like? And it's fine. And you know what? Some of these legal influencers, they're really funny. And some of them, I think, really enjoy creating content. And that's wonderful for them. But if you're like one of these more old school attorneys, like my husband, he's a trial guy. And like, there's no way. First of all, he doesn't want to do it. And it's not his personality. When I see lawyers trying to be someone they're not because someone told them to, it's so cringy. And if our clients saw my husband doing that, our demographic they're generally more sophisticated. They generally lean a little older. They would be mortified. I mean, it's like, that's not what they want to see my husband doing. There's different approaches like account-based yes. marketing and like peers and things like that in terms of like the, you know, upstream and the litigating the big cases versus the downstream, like super volume, like, oh, I got a little yeah, finger better. I'm going to. Totally. And I think some lawyers also 
I've heard some lawyers say on podcasts, like I'm getting all of my cases through social media and it's free. And it's like, well, first of all, your time is not free. I know you're spending hours, but also it's again, there's no right or wrong answer. The, the attorney who was saying that his business model is attorney referrals, not client referrals. He is a very B2B guy and he's funny and he's charismatic and he's great. Now, that's a rare person to find, right? So for him, that works. He's also doing speaking engagements all the time. With Instagram, it's like, is it coming from social media or was it that in-person event? That's why I view social media as that Rolodex that kind of holds every all of your contacts. And then it's your job to just show up consistently reminding those people the types of cases to send you. Now, if you're entertaining other attorneys, absolutely, content creation, funny things, just pure entertainment is wonderful for us. Again, like we actually have clients on our page who, by the way, texted my husband a few days ago after we posted a reel, but it was a reel about him talking about changing law. And she texted my husband and said, I'm so proud to have you as my lawyer. It's like you have someone like that. That's the kind of stuff they want to see. Right. And so you just have to do that work again, just going back to who you are, what you care about and the business you want to build And like some of these pre-lit volume firms are crushing it. They have a whole different business model. And it's something that's not talked about because we talk about these extremes of like, oh, this is working for me or though this is working for my firm, but we don't talk about the type of law firm. What's just some, some general advice on, you know, those that don't have a lot of time that can at least do something to kind of start their Instagram presence, so to speak. I think they have to get someone to help them. And it doesn't need to be a hire. Like they don't need to hire a full-time person. And I've heard a lot of marketing people be like, oh, your secretary cannot do this for you. You need to get a marketing person. No, that's not true. If they have a system and someone's training them, literally, if someone can read and follow directions, they can help them with my system. If your secretary has time, if you have an intern, whatever, a teenager. I mean, if you've got a kid who's old enough just get someone to help you because as an attorney, you should not be messing around with that stuff. But essentially in the marketing assistant module, I create a way for that assistant to interact with the attorney where the attorney can literally spend 15 minutes or less. So let's say you have 20 feed posts that I've given to you for the month. That's like one component of the membership. I'm training that person. Well, on 18 of these, you don't need to bother the lawyer. This is where how you do it. This is where you grab the content from. This is how you post these 18 posts. These two, well, they need the attorney's input because you do want their unique voice and they have their own expertise that needs to be explained. So I essentially took a PowerPoint, created a Loom video explaining that one template, dropped it in with a little prompt. So there's a PowerPoint with maybe two or three slides. Assistant emails that to the attorney. Attorney watches my video takes two minutes to type something out or even record themselves and give it back to their assistant. And it's just using these types of systems to get it done, get it done. I have our social media for our law firm planned out through January 1st right now. I do it twice a year because we travel, we spend six months of the year. We're going, we're building a house in Europe right now and we're getting our citizenship and we're all over the place. And it's like, I'm not this person who's like, yay, social media is my favorite thing. Like I actually maybe don't like it that much, which is why I created this thing so that it's necessary. You have to do it, 
but you can do it in a way. My husband doesn't even know how to like log into his Instagram account. He's hopeless. So I know that it can be done and it doesn't need to be this looming huge thing. It's not effective. It's not necessary for lawyers. It's just not. Yeah. And this is going to be fun because we're going to have case on and we're going to talk about trials. We're going to talk about this dynamic. And I'm also glad that you explained that process because when I hear, you know, courses or training, I'm thinking, oh man, this is going to take me a year to get through. Right. And you're like, Hey, and there's an art form to make it into a simplified process and a loom video. That sounds way more compelling to me than having to take this course. that's going to take like a year of my life to get through. So in the membership, you get feed posts, which are the things on the grid, this kind of static posts, stories, templates, reels, prompts, a practice area article. So I have five different practice areas. Of course, one of them is personal injury and it's a lead magnet. So I also provide a lead magnet every month, pre-written caption starters, hashtags. I mean, literally everything's done. And the assistant essentially needs to just go to the lawyer's website, go to, if they have YouTube videos, I teach them how to pull the content. But so when I say training, I think like a hundred tasks that this person can do for a lawyer. And then I took each task and I said, this is how you do it. So it's not training of like, that's why I made the company because I had, I belong to mastermind groups for attorney marketing. And it's a lot of talking and I'm like, no one's helping anyone execute it. Lawyers are getting all these things, all of these ideas, but you have to sit down and do it. There's built in marketing strategy. They will learn marketing by listening to me speak about why things are important. But my thing is like, get it done. <laughs> Just get it done. The execution, the consistency and yes, there's so much to that. Do you train on engagement and how to like comment and answer questions and like build like the engagement side? And then also, do you have a thought process around like putting ads behind it? Or are you just purely organic? Like what's your thoughts on those two components? That's a good question because I've been thinking of dabbling in some ads for a law firm, really just for like experimental purposes. So I can talk to lawyers about it. We've never done it. I have a feeling and I suspect that it would not bring us the types of cases that we want. But maybe if you want more of a high volume, it'll work. So I'm I'm going to experiment, I think, in the next few weeks. Engagement, I always say, like, lawyers, law firm pages, not super exciting. Just not. I mean, nobody cares. Maybe other lawyers care, but it's not like, oh, yeah, this is really like I want to comment and like it and share it. And that's fine. And I think that's where lawyers need to adjust the expectation of, like, how many likes and how many followers. Who cares? Who cares if you're getting referred cases? And this is a long-term play. I have a perfect example. We were on a camping trip and we get a phone call from this old school criminal defense attorney. Like he's been practicing for decades and uh, he had a case to refer us. And he's like, I'd ask you how you're doing, but I know you're crushing it because I see you all over social media. I didn't know he followed our page. He's never commented. He's never liked I didn't even know he was on social media and he remembered us because of social media. And that's where you say it's very hard to kind of pull back to knowing something comes from Instagram, which is why it's a long term, right? People don't always need a lawyer and the the type of content I think you know, responding to comments and DMs, look, unless you're viral and you're, you have millions of followers, you're not going to be getting a ton of engagement and that's okay. 
But this person who's doing your posting for you, they can, they'll have access to your account and all they have to do is write thanks or, you know, send a link. It's very easy. No one's going to be getting thousands of people unless you're going the influencer route and then you need to hire someone full time to be doing those things. I'm on social quite a bit in my spare time and I don't comment a lot. I don't hit the like either, but I'm there. Right. And, and it's you know, like those... that's 99% of people. And that's so important. Right. I never comment. I never like stuff. And it's not nice. Right. Like I should be these people when I appreciate their content, I should be letting them know like this is great. But I think most of us don't. We're busy. We're scrolling. I mean, and that's, you know, that's the other reason why my membership was created. It's like this kind of quick content, content has a short shelf life, right? When you see people spending thousands of dollars on video and all these things, it's like people are giving you a half a second of their time. You need to just consistently be producing in a way that's sustainable and scalable and that you can maintain over the course of time because you if you just go all in on all this expensive video and all this time, you're not going to do it. People give you this much, but it's enough. It's like I said, it's like you're calling them every day being like, hey, remember me? Remember me? Remember me? I'm still here. Oh, and then maybe after two years, they're like, oh, their neighbor gets in an an accident. But I think for PI lawyers, it's also important for them to be specifically talking about their sub practice areas, right? We all assume, oh, my, my neighbor knows I'm a PI person. Well, what does that mean? Like what specific types of personal Premises liability, what does that mean? People don't know what that means. Give them examples. And so my membership kind of forces the content to hit on these things, right? You're going to inspire, you're going to educate, you're going to position yourself as the expert, social proof. And we cycle through those big content buckets to make sure you're constantly showing those things. But it's like just like that for a long time until someone needs you. And it's that simple. I love the radical candor. And I think that's so important to hit those other practice areas because you're right. There's many sub areas that the the lay person, the common individuals, not in the legal vertical, aren't going to be aware about. You know, so uh, Nicole, this has been awesome. What's next for Nicole Barnett and where can people get in touch with you? Well, of course, you can find me on social media at Law Profit. I think that's the easiest way, but I have lawprofit.com also has some information on our products. And what's next? We're actually building out a portal for our own law firm with our processes. I call it the hit list and um, we use it for our own firm. Everything is systematized. Everything has a process and we have the idea to film it and essentially make it available for other PI lawyers. I'm always adding to the course, to the membership, always just building, growing and kind of again, trusting life and trusting pursuing those things that have been placed inside of me by whatever being you want to call it. We could talk again in a few months and see what has happened. (laughs) When trying to hit the eight figure mark, some things will just take time. The growing with your values helps make sure you get there the right way. Even when it comes to social media, consider the kind of firm you want to become. The strategy should reflect those goals. No matter what your content should inspire, educate, position you as the expert and provide social proof. I'd like to thank Nicole Barnett from Case Barnett Law for sharing her story with us, and I hope you gained some valuable insights from the conversation. You've been listening to Personal Injury Mastermind. I'm Chris Dreyer. If you like this episode, leave us a review. We'd love to hear from our listeners. I'll catch you on next week's PIM with another incredible guest and all the strategies you need to master personal injury marketing. Personal injury marketing.